What's going on, family? I hope everybody has smiled and laughed today. My name is Terrence Thompson. For those of you that do not know who I am, and this is Don't Talk, Just Listen, a pro wrestling podcast that is all about bringing objectivity back into the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. And today I want to just jump straight into it. I put off doing this for weeks now but I can't really hold it in anymore especially after after things that have happened uh, this week including today and this episode is all about why it's so infuriating watching the WWE operate uh one or two weeks prior to the Royal Rumble, it was being rumored that Ronda Rousey was possibly making a return. And then it went from possibly to this is a done deal. It went from this is a done deal to she's going to be at WrestleMania to she's going to be in the Rumble match to she's going to win the Rumble match and she's going to face Charlotte Flair at Wrestlemania and then it went from that to this is going to go from this year's Wrestlemania to next year's Wrestlemania and it's possibly going to be Ronda versus Becky next year and it's and irritating me Ronda Rousey coming back irritated me because it was Vince McMahon and Nick Khan or whoever else is making decisions up there. It was them. It was them prioritizing the 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 rating, prioritizing the image, prioritizing the dollar bill more than longevity if that makes sense it'll it'll make sense once I I explain it because obviously the dollar bill is what pushes the, the, the business forward you can't have a have a have a company if there is no money coming in thankfully for uh world wrestling entertainment they just grossed one billion for this past year so they're not hurting for money at all but Ronda Rousey coming back it's it's exactly what they do they prioritize part timers they prioritize old heads they prioritize name over quality. They prioritize making a headline over making a product that the fans want to see. They believe Ronda Rousey is what fans want to see or would like to see. I can tell you this, on my timeline, I saw nothing but I don't want to see Ronda Rousey. 
I don't want Ronda Rousey. Because here's the thing. The moment Ronda Rousey was rumored to come back, you knew there was one thing that was going to happen. She was going to be at WrestleMania, and she was going to have one of those title matches in the women's divisions. Logic would say it was going to be Becky, but for some reason they chose Flair. But the moment she was rumored to come back, you knew that was going to happen. And then when it was rumored that she was going to be in the Royal Rumble, you knew she was going to win. And you knew she was going to be either the last to come out or one of the last to come out. And that's typical WWE. Goldberg. We're going to bring you back. Nobody wants to see Goldberg. But because they need to make a a dollar bill in Saudi, they're going to bring him back. He's going to get paid a grip. They're going to bring him back for one match, and he's going to go away for another five or whatever months until SummerSlam. And then they're going to bring him back for there. He's going to face somebody else. He's going to be in a match that nobody wants to see. Nobody wants to see Goldberg. Yes, Goldberg is a legend. He's a legend who was never good. Goldberg is exactly like Ronda Rousey. Goldberg became popular for the same reason Ronda Rousey became popular. Ronda Rousey in MMA. She made a reputation. Her entire reputation, her entire star in, in MMA was I'm going to finish this match or this fight in one minute. Maybe even less than one minute. I'm going to go in here, run to my opponent. I'm going to grapple, take him down, put her in the armbar, match is over. That's how she rose to being a champion. But she never got in the gym so to speak when I say that she never got in the gym she never got in the lab that that was probably a better way to put it she never got in the lab all her energy was put into keeping up her reputation she was a world class judo uh, uh, judo wrestler or whatever or grappler you know what I mean she was world class at that she was like a bronze medalist or whatever so her calling card is that she's really good at grabbing you, holding on to you, and having her way with you when it comes to grappling. But she never once took the time to hone her skills overall. See, in MMA, you got a lot of styles. Your style can be the weakness to somebody else's style but their style can be your weakness and Rhonda's weakness was that she could not box or kick she could not box or kickbox so what happened she ran up against Holly Holmes and Holly Holmes had a background 
in boxing. Not only that, she could kick. So what happened? You have Holly Holmes, who's hurt her strength, is that she can strike. She can throw a punch and hurt you. She can throw a, a, a punch and be accurate. She can throw a combo and land every punch. That's her strength. Her strength is standing up in front of you and piecing your head up until you got watermelons on the side of your forehead. And Ronda Rousey, she cannot throw a punch to save her life. Ronda Rousey is that person that you don't want to fight in a cage. But if you're on the street, she she getting whooped. And that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. Holly Holmes pieced her up several times and knocked Ronda Rousey out. So now the reputation that she put so much effort into being, she's going to be no nonsense, no fun and games. She, she mean mugs all the time. She looks like she's mean every single day of her life. She looks like she woke up angry at the world. The baddest woman on the planet or whatever. She spent so many years, so many matches, so many fights, building up their reputation. And just like, just like that, Holly Holmes destroyed it. Because Holly Holmes, her, her strength was Ronda's weakness. Then fast forward to the next fight. Ronda didn't learn her lesson. She probably thought she got better at boxing. She probably thought she got better at kickboxing. But when you spend your entire career, your entire life, on one particular part of this entire project, you're going to fail, ultimately. She spent so much effort and time into honing her grappling skills that she neglected the striking. She neglected the boxing. So nobody nobody feared her boxing. Nobody respected her boxing because at no point in her career did she put effort and time into that. And at no point in any of her fights did she strike fear in the heart of her opponent when it came to striking. Yeah, you have inferior opponent opponents. So if she throws a strike, it might seem like it's a world beater. But if you throw a strike like that against somebody who's actually a striker, you're going to get pieced up. And that's what happened. She got knocked out again. But this time it was like even worse. It was even worse. She, it was just It was just straight bombs to the face. Holly Holmes kicked her in the head. Holly Holmes pieced her up and then kicked her in the head. This time, it was like, okay, this is your redemption. This is, you can you can start tonight and climb back up the mountaintop. And she couldn't do it because her opponent's strength, again, was her weakness. And remember, I said, 
Goldberg, Ronda, the same type of star, same type of career. Goldberg made a name in WCW, go in there, overpower his opponent, spear, win the match in a few seconds, maybe a minute, maybe no more than two minutes, whatever. He made a career off of that. Then one night, he had a match against William Regal or Steven Regal. He got exposed because someone decided to make the match not only against William Regal, but that match was like five minutes or whatever. He had to have a wrestling match. William Regal is a professional wrestler. Up until then, Goldberg was able to go in there, do a couple moves, and end the match. At no point in time was Goldberg ready to have a full-blown wrestling match. A match where he had to display moves, display psychology, display timing. All the other matches, it was him doing the stuff. It takes no effort in picking up your opponent if your opponent is going to be small and you can just do it by yourself. There's no effort in doing a clothesline. There's no effort in what he was doing prior. But when you don't put the time in to hone your crafts and become a competent wrestler outside of just a couple of moves for the spots, he got exposed. And from that point on, he was never the same Goldberg. And at no point in his career afterwards was he an exceptional wrestler. He got better because he had to get better. But at no point after that would you say, man, I can't wait to see that that Goldberg match. Or there is no match from back then that I can tell you right now to go back and watch. There's not a single Goldberg match that stands up in my that stands out in my mind. Because Goldberg is known for military press, gorilla slam, uh, military press, power slam, spine buster, spear. That's what he's known for. This is a quote unquote legend. One of the biggest names in in, in in the history of the wrestling business, right? A big part in the Attitude Era, right? But he was ultimately known for two to three moves. I don't know a, his signature match. I honestly do not know his signature match. Because again, he was never that type of guy. And they never made him that type of guy. They never allowed him to learn the business first. To learn how to work in the ring. They just wanted to capitalize on how athletic he was. So, you bring back 
someone like Goldberg. It's strictly off of name. You don't bring back Goldberg because you're going to have fantastic matches. It's strictly off of name. Ronda Rousey. You bring her back strictly off of name. Period. Point blank. End of discussion. Brock Lesnar. You bring Brock Lesnar. He's going to dominate the uh, divisions. He's going to dominate the shows. He's going to be champion all the time. But Brock has the ability to sell for opponents that he believes makes sense to sell for. He commits to the stories. So, Roman Reigns, he sees the big dollar in the feud with Roman Reigns, but he's also going to sell for Roman Reigns. He sees the, the, the big dollar in Bobby Lashley, or with the potential for Bobby Lashley. He's going to sell for Bobby Lashley. Brock is fine with selling for people. He's fine with having not not the longest matches, but lengthy matches, good enough matches to have some a story told. A lot of people want Brock to be gone. I'm one of those people, but at the same time, Brock, I want Brock gone, but I also understand that Brock is actually entertaining. Like Brock actually puts effort into it and then at no point was Brock ever how do I put this at no point has Brock gotten to the point where he's just absolutely unbearable he's unbearable or or annoying strictly oh my goodness gracious he was strictly annoying simply because he just dominates the TV but you could say the same thing about Roman his current character he just dominates the TV he dominates the division so someone like Brock they're in the same category to a degree but he's vastly more entertaining even though it's going to be the same stuff most more, more than likely He's just vastly more entertaining than Ronda and Goldberg. And then, what was it, just Monday, this this past Monday, it was being reported that Stone Cold, Stone Cold is maybe potentially more than likely going to have a match at WrestleMania, and it's going to be against Kevin Owens. Stone Cold, one of the biggest names to ever be a part of this this business. He hasn't had a match, a wrestling match. He hasn't been in the ring since, what, 2002, 2003? And it's 2022? Stone Cold. Has not had a match in what? Was that 19 years? 18, 19 years? 
a guy that has not been in the ring since 2003, 2002-2003. He's going to have a match over someone else in the locker room that could have a match on WrestleMania. The biggest night in the company's year. Stone Cold. And then today, today is Wednesday, the 16th. Today, it was being reported that there's another person who's going to be who, so someone who's uh, the same star power as Stone Cold. Someone on the same level as Stone Cold. They're going to be at WrestleMania and they're going to have a match. Who, other than, other than The Rock, I honestly cannot understand who else is the same star or the same level, the same tier as Stone Cold. I honestly do not know. And they're going to have a match. Because in order to be that same, that same star, it will more than likely have to be somebody from back in the day. Because unless you're talking about somebody like John Cena, how many more stars are there? Superstars, mega stars, crossover stars that are on the same level as Stone Cold Steve Austin. How, how, who, who? So, this whole episode is all about how WWE values old-timers, part-times, celebrities. They value them more than they value the people in their locker room. The people that are working 300 plus days a year house shows several house shows basically every day one TV taping they, they're home for maybe a day and then they go right back on the road people that are under contract they can't go to other promotions because they sign an exclusive contract with you so they can't go anywhere else and work and this is the frustrating part. The The frustrating part about all of this is that WWE and Vince, they hire talent based on what they did in the indies, right? Or you can be a, a, a football player or whatever and you're super athletic like Roman or like Baron Corbin or Brock Lesnar. Or Goldberg back in the day when he was hired by WCW. You have these people, they're hired because of what they did on the indies. They made a name for themselves. Like the the same exact thing that gave them a name and and put them on the radar of all these companies. Of WWE, of Impact, of ROH, whatever, or New Japan. 
the same exact thing that got them the recognition of fans, of media outlets, of these companies. That same exact thing is is exactly what Vince will change the moment you put your name on that contract. The moment you, you sign on that contract, Vince is changing everything about you. Your name, you can't have your name anymore. If your name is John Lewis, and you've been going by John Lewis your entire life, because that's your real name, look on your birth certificate, John Lewis is your real name. If you go by that in in the indies, you come to WWE, nah, nah, you not John Lewis no more. You made, you made a name for yourself on the indies by using your real name. Everything you did on the Indies, nah, that ain't that ain't happening no more. Nah, nobody nobody knows you exist anymore. Nobody, if you the only John Lewis in the world, nobody will ever find you because they gonna take your name away from you. They gonna take everything that made you unique, everything that made them look at you. Cause look, they not gonna look at you if. AEW is not looking at you. They're not going to look at you if Impact isn't looking at you or RH or New Japan or PWG. If those companies not looking at you, they're not going to look at you because if those companies not looking at you, they, they understand that there likely isn't anything special about you. But oh, those companies looking at you. Oh, we 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 gotta look at you. Everything that made you unique, everything that made you stand out, everything that made you stand out on the independent scene, or whatever the case may be, wherever you were, but prior to signing, they will strip that away from you. They will strip that away from you. Uh. Uh-uh. A perfect example is Keith Lee. Keith Lee. He just made his his, uh, debut in AEW last week after getting released from the WWE. I'll get into that later. But Keith Lee is the perfect example of being special on the independent scene, making a name for yourself getting a bunch of eyeballs on you and then going to the WWE and then they 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 just wet the bed. Right? Uh Vince Vince loves him some big guys. There's a history of Vince loving big guys. Big muscular guys. You don't even have to be muscular, but if you're just a big guy, Vince loves you. Cause he gonna make you a giant. Vince loves big guys, but he only wants them to be one specific way. It don't matter what color you are. It don't matter what hair you got. If you a big guy, Vince is going to make you one specific way. For instance, someone like Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman 
No disrespect to the guy. He is nowhere near as, as, as athletic or charismatic as Keith Lee. Nowhere close. And I'm not trying to just disrespect the guy, but a spade is a spade. Keith Lee is far more athletic than Braun Strowman. But there's no difference in the in-ring presentation of Braun Strowman, Keith Lee, Omos, The Big Show, Kevin Nash, etc., etc. There's no difference. There's no huge difference in in the presentation in ring. So so you're struggling with viewership, right? Which WWE they they were doing so and they they've been doing so for for years now. But let's just let's just throw a hypothetical out there, right? You're struggling with viewership and demos, the demographics. Viewership and demographics of, let's say, um, young people, right? Let's say young people between 18 and, 18 and 32. You're struggling with viewership for that demographic, right? Why, why is that? Well, I can tell you. I'm so glad you asked me. Because when you look at the WWE, there is nothing cool about the WWE. There is nothing spectacular about the WWE. Let's just keep it a bean. Let's just keep it a buck. Let's keep it one hundred. Right? You have to take into account what day and age we're living in. Where a phone is the a, a, a smartphone is the most important thing to somebody's life. You can't go anywhere without your iPhone, your Android, whatever it may be. You don't know phone numbers by heart anymore. You got your Twitter. You got your Instagram. You got your TikTok. You got your YouTube. You got your Vine. You got your Netflix. You got your Disney Plus. You got your Peacock, which is a terrible app. You got all that stuff. I can look, I can find something out on Twitter faster than I find it out on the news. It wasn't like that 20 years ago. 20 years ago, you had to actually watch stuff on TV to find out. 20 years ago, you had to wake up early in the morning for school. If it was snowing outside, if it was icy outside, you had to get up early in the morning. Look at the news and wait for your 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 county, your district, and to see if your school, the name of your school, was gonna pop up on the bottom of the screen, to see if y'all was gonna be closed or not. Now you can just get an alert on your phone that your school district is closed. Like think about that. In however many years when we're all gone. In 100 years or whatever. And there's going to be flying houses. It's going to be robot families living next door to people. 
Like we're constantly evolving and advancing. And attention spans are constantly dwindling. There's nothing cool. There's nothing exciting, spectacular about the WWE product. You can go on TikTok and see a food, a food TikTok, and it blows people's minds. You can see something on 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 uh, uh, Instagram. You see something on Twitter that you didn't know about, and it blows your mind. But you look at SmackDown, you look at Raw, nothing stands out. Like what what's what's cooler to young people than depressing them? Cause cause with short attention attention spans, they're not paying attention. They got the hair down that their head down looking at the phones. They'll walk in the middle of the street with oncoming cars not knowing because they're looking at the phones the whole time. What exactly are you doing to, to grab their attention? Blowing their minds with something they, they've never seen before. There's nothing on Raw. There's nothing on SmackDown that is just something you've never seen before. You've just never seen before. When you have a big guy the size of Keith Lee, he can do moonsaults. Keith Lee can do moonsaults. He can do uh, dives through the ropes, over the ropes. He can do leapfrogs like he's a cheerleader. He can do all of that, man. He can do, he can do things that, he can do Things that Rey Mysterio is doing. Like Keith, someone the size of Keith Lee is doing things that guys a third of his size are doing. Guys a third of his size are known for doing. Keith Lee is able to do that. And you have to capitalize on that. You You have to. You have a guy Keith, the size of Keith Lee, but he's able to move around the ring like a Seth Rollins. He's able to move around the ring like a Rey Mysterio, not as speedy, as as agile, as quick. But the moves, he can do all that diving stuff. He can't do all the diving stuff, but he can do some of it. He can do some of the same stuff that you see Rey Mysterio doing. He can do some of the same stuff that you see Seth Rollins doing. That you go to AEW, you see uh, 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 John Moxley doing. The same exact stuff, man. You have to capitalize on that. When you have something like that, you have to capitalize on it. Like, just, just think... Just think about that. I'm probably dating myself, right? I mean, I'm only 26, but I've been around the block when it comes to wrestling. But I remember watching WCW and the big show, who was known as the Giant back then. He was doing kip ups. Or is it kick ups or kick kip ups? I can't do them, so I never really knew how to say it. 
foot. You had the big show. He was doing kip ups. Now, granted, he would he would grab onto the rope for leverage, but it don't matter if you grab onto the rope or not. He was able to go from laying on his back to standing on his feet. Without having to put his hands on the ground. Well, that's a bad example because you can just bend your knee or something and you can rotate up. But my point is, he was able to kick himself up into air. He was, at one point, he was able to be in the air with nothing touching the ground. And he was seven feet tall or whatever. And he was a big man. He, he was doing drop kicks. The Big Show was out there doing drop kicks, man. And as a kid, seeing seeing some dude that big and tall, it was so it was dope, bruh. You're not supposed to see somebody that big be able to kick himself up off the ground, be in the air for a, a, a period of time, and land on his feet. You're not supposed to see that, man. Like that, doing a kip up. That was like exclusive to small guys. Famously, HBK, HBK, that was a part of his his moveset. That was a part of his comeback. Hit that flying forearm across the ring, play dead for a couple seconds, and then just pop up. And get the whole crowd pumped up. That that's something that HBK, people that HBK size are supposed to do. But you had the giant, you had you had the big show out here doing it back in the nineties. That's just not something you're supposed to see. And now, uh, uh. uh Drew McIntyre is like Drew McIntyre isn't a huge dude but he's a muscular dude so him doing it is kind of it's kind of impressive but at the same time it's like yeah but you ain't gigantic you know what I mean like you ain't the, the big show size but it's still impressive but you have a guy like Ricochet Ricochet became he, he became a fan favorite on the indies because this man is wild this man is acrobat, acrobatic AF or ASF however you want to spell it Ricochet is wild man I, I remember growing up going on YouTube and looking up top 10 moves of Kevin Steen Top 10 moves of Tyler Black. Top 10 moves of Pac. Top 10 moves of Super Dragon. I remember all that. Top 10 moves of Jake Evans. Guess what one of his moves was? The 630 Centon. Is it Jake? I said Jake Evans in there. Yeah, whatever. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna correct myself. But. He is smaller than Ricochet. And Ricochet is a small guy. But that was the first time I ever saw that move done. 
And Ricochet was not only doing that move, Ricochet is out here doing all types of wild stuff. All types of spins, all types of leaps. And this man can contort his body in air, rotate in air sideways. He can fix a, a bowl of cereal in the air upside down. He can cook a meatloaf upside down in the air. It's like Ricochet can jump up in the air and just like, just stay there, man. Ricochet is dumb athletic. But he, he he has the ability to he he can combine speed, agility, quickness, and he has a burst. Like he can he 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 doesn't just speed around the ring or nothing like that. He he doesn't just glide around the ring like that. But he can pop here and there. But my point is, he is he's a combo of all of that stuff, and he can do it all with ease. Like he can just just jump in the air like it's nothing, rotate fifty times like it's nothing, and land on his feet like it's nothing. We all remember that spot in NXT where he just jumped out the ring, over the top rope, did a front flip, and he jumped from inside the ring to the bottom of the ramp, landed on his feet like it was nothing. We all remember that spot. We all remember that spot. Come on now. We all remember that. He does all this stuff with ease. He made a name for himself on the indies about doing mind-blowing things. And that is what put him on the WWE's radar. Being acrobatic. He can he can wrestle. First and foremost, he can wrestle. But then on top of that, he can do all this wild stuff that nobody else can do. Because you can do wild stuff, but you can't do wild stuff like Ricochet. Fast forward to him going to NXT, and he's doing some some Ricochet things from the indies, but it's kind of tame. It's kind of tame. And they allowed him to do some, some of those things that he he was known for doing. But they also they allowed him to do some of the things, but at the same time, they were putting him in an elevated position. He never won the NXT title. He did win the North American title, but they put him in a spot where he was in an elevated position in NXT. Like, he was in that mid-card, main event kind of tier where you could put the in the, the North American title on him at any time and it'll fit. But you could also put the NXT title on him and it makes just as much sense. So, he wasn't doing all the wild stuff that he was doing beforehand, but at, but he was also in a position where he was never, never not Ricochet. And then you fast forward to the main roster. Where he's had some success. He's been United States champion. 
yeah, he's been United States champion. That's all you really can say. He's been United States champion. He's not Ricochet anymore. They allow him to do something cool every other month. But what he was known for on the indies, what he was known for in NXT, that is not what he's known for on the main roster. Now, let me do, let me say this. Ricochet is not the best talker in the world. You can find a bunch of talent in that locker room that are better talkers than Ricochet. But he's serviceable. He's good enough where you can let him talk. But his strong suit his strength is doing all of this mind-blowing things. His strength is giving you something you've never seen before. And that is not something that you we get with him on the main roster. We get a match here and there where he's against Sheamus, where he's against Baron Corbin, and nine times out of ten, he's losing those matches. So you have a guy who's immensely talented in both Keith Lee and Ricochet. These are guys that can do things that in Keith Lee's example, something that a guy his size isn't supposed to do in terms of stereotype. A guy that size isn't supposed to be able to jump and all that stuff and, and hang with small guys. Hang with small guys and hang with big guys. He isn't supposed to do that. And then you have a guy in Ricochet. You're not supposed to have a human being. A human being. You're not supposed to have a human being doing all this wild stuff. And both are immensely, immensely talented. And they're very, 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 very underrated and underutilized. And like I mentioned with Rhonda, her weakness is someone else's strength. She can grapple with anybody, but she cannot box to save her life. So why is it that when you see her on TV, the first thing they have her do as a form of offense is throw 15 jabs in a row. Remember how I said she was never good at punching people? Punching is never what she was good at. Punching is not what she's good at. So if she can't punch in real life, if she can't punch in a combat sport that is not scripted, why is she throwing terrible punches in a sport that is scripted? 
Nobody's worked with her in two, three years. Nobody's worked with her on how to throw a worked punch. It isn't like you have anything to fear. It isn't like she threw devastating punches in MMA. There's no fear in her throwing a punch and hurting somebody. She didn't throw punches and hurt anybody in MMA. When when she needed to, when it was when it was real life, when it was the real deal. She wasn't hurting anybody then. I mean, you can always you can always hurt somebody, but that's not her style. That's not what she's good at. So why has nobody worked with her on how to throw work punches that look good? She must have learned on a Shane McMahon. Because Shane McMahon throws the worst punches you've ever seen in your life. There isn't a single punch that Shane McMahon throws that would have ripped uh, uh, pieces of paper. You can throw a box of crackers at Shane McMahon, won't none of them break. Ronda's weakness is someone else's strength. Ricochet's weakness, talking on the mic, is someone else's strength. Goldberg's weakness, which is wrestling, is someone else's strength. So why is it? Why is it that we value or Vince McMahon in the WWE they value these part timers they value these old timers they value these names more than they value the people in their locker room because they released Keith Lee a big guy that can move agile can do flips can do dives he's charismatic he can put on really good matches they released him Ricochet being under contract with WWE still is surprising because the way they treat him you would think he would have been released a long time ago So instead of building up the people in that locker room, they rather spend their money, spend their time, spend their effort in these old people that nobody wants to see. Nobody wants to see Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. So instead of building up somebody in that locker room to face Roman Reigns, we're going to just bring back Goldberg and then we're going to wait until Wrestlemania for Brock Lesnar there's a reason why Goldberg is coming back because they didn't build anybody up in that locker room to face Roman Reigns not only that but they released countless people that could have helped their locker room could have helped those divisions the women's tag team division is trash we have women's tag team champions 
and no tag teams. The women's tag team champions are not a tag team. They're two singles competitors that they put in a tag team. But they're not a tag team. And the people that they beat for those titles were not a tag team. They formed a tag team division and proceeded to destroy the entire division. Like, think about that. They created a women's tag team division, but there isn't a single women's tag team. Not one women's tag team in the tag team division. Yet there is a tag team title. And originally, the women's tag team, the uh, the champion, they were supposed to travel from Raw to SmackDown to NXT. They were supposed, they were supposed to travel all three brands because that's what they told us. And that happened what? One time, two times? They don't even travel to SmackDown anymore. They haven't been to SmackDown in how long? The women's tag team titles are exclusive to Raw. Where when they created the division, they told us it was going to travel all three brands. They released so many women. They released tag teams in the women's division. They released women that you could put in tag teams. Like, what's, what are we doing here? You wasted money on these tag titles just to destroy the, the, the division in two years. The women's tag team division hasn't been important since the pandemic started. Think about that. The pandemic was 2020. That was the last time those tag titles had been important. And even then, that tag division really wasn't nothing. The United States Championship, that the mid card on on Raw, does it exist? No. Damian Priest has had the longest United States uh, Championship reign in four years, if I'm if I recall that uh, graphic right. He's at the longest U.S. title reign in four years. It's, it's, it's so easy to have a title reign when there's nobody on your roster to create a division around that title. He's going to beat everybody that there is to beat because the people that he's beating were never legit threats. They released a bunch of people that could have helped create that that division 
Speaking of mid-car divisions, the Intercontinental Championship is at its lowest point in recent memory. Shinsuke Nakamura defended that title, what was it, one time, maybe two times, since he, he won the title. And you wonder why. Maybe, I don't know, look at the raw the, the roster on SmackDown. Oh, that's right. There's nobody there. It's kind of hard to have a mid-card title with no mid-card roster. Like, you release people, but then the people that are still there, you don't build them up to be anything. So people are crapping on Nakamura, but it's not his fault that he's just a placeholder, basically. He's just a fan. He just, he's just a, a, a breathing. He was, he was just a breathing trophy case. He was just there to make sure the belt was shiny. Make sure the belt strap was warm. Make sure it fit. Because there was no division. And Sami Zayn winning the title from Nakamura. Guess what? It doesn't change nothing. They brought in Johnny Knoxville to feud with Sami Zayn. Instead of using that time and energy into building up a superstar on SmackDown. Mansoor is over here on SmackDown not doing nothing. They usually put him on the, the, the Saudi Arabia shows. He hasn't been announced for anything. They could have used this entire time from the Rumble to now to build up Mansoor versus Sami Zayn if they knew they were going to put the title on Sami Zayn. But Sami Zayn was never going to Saudi Arabia. So you could have had Mansoor versus Nakamura or something. Like there's no there's no game plan behind these decisions. They bring in Johnny Knoxville. And he's taking away time from people that could really use screen time. You wonder why there's no mid card on on SmackDown. Maybe it's because they released everybody that could be in mid card. And then the people that are still there, they aren't doing anything with them. Look at Roman Reigns. Who on SmackDown, outside of Drew McIntyre, realistically has a chance against Drew McIntyre? I mean, uh, Roman Reigns. Outside of Drew McIntyre, who on SmackDown makes sense to have a match, to have a feud with Roman Reigns. Who? I'll wait. No, I won't. I'll answer it for you. Nobody. Nobody. Big E was WWE champion on Raw. They had Brock Lesnar win the title for no reason. There was no purpose for Brock Lesnar to beat Seth Rollins, to beat Bobby Lashley, 
to beat Kevin Owens, to beat Big E. The only reason that happened was because Roman Reigns got COVID. And Vince, in his infinite wisdom, was like, let's ruin the reign of Big E. The reign of Big E, I shall say, that was booked poorly. So not only did Big E have a, a, a poorly booked reign that really did nothing, but then they had Brock Lesnar beat him. They had Brock Lesnar pin Big E. They didn't have Brock Lesnar pin Kofi, uh, not Kofi, Kevin Owens. They didn't have Brock Lesnar beat Taz Rollins. I'm actually glad I said Kofi because that brings me to another point. They had Brock Lesnar beat Big E. The champion. They didn't protect Big E or nothing. So he loses his title match. He loses his title. And he's brought down to the shadows. They do absolutely nothing with Big E for a couple of weeks after that. And then they put him on SmackDown. Just because. But they haven't teased anything between Big E and Roman Reigns like they did leading up to, to, to Survivor Series and all that. They've done nothing to to elevate anyone on SmackDown into that main event scene. Drew McIntyre is there. We know Drew McIntyre is going to have a match. We know this. Who outside of Drew McIntyre is going to have a match with Roman Reigns? Who outside of Roman Reigns is going to have a match with Drew McIntyre in the main event scene. There's nobody there. Like, you don't build people up. You don't give the fans anyone worth watching outside of the same exact names every week. You don't make new stars. And you bring back the old people to beat the, 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 the new people. You bring back Brock Lesnar to beat Kofi Kingston. And not only do you bring back Brock Lesnar to beat back Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship, you do it in eight seconds. So you make, in, in eight seconds, you, you, you make Kofi a joke, basically. Because for months, he was feuding with everybody. He was beating people. He was having a great reign. And then in eight seconds, you decide to, you know what? Eight seconds, we're just going to make you look stupid. And that's exactly what they did to Big E. Except with Big E, they didn't give him a, a reign that was booked well like Kofi. Big E's reign was all about Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. It was never about Big E. Big E had a feud with Roman Reigns over Survivor Series. It didn't really do anything for Big E. Like, how can you be WWE champion and it does nothing for you, really? So, 
at the end of the day, their bottom line is the money. They don't care about the roster, whatever. They don't care about that roster, whatever. And that is why morale backstage is low. That's why it, it has been reported that it's low from people in that locker room. Because the people in that locker room know exactly what we know. They see exactly what we see. They don't really care about us. They're going to push everyone aside for these old people, for these part-timers, and these one or two people on the roster. Charlotte is always going to be champion. Charlotte is always going to be champion. If she's non-champion, she's always going to be fighting for the title. Charlotte beat Asuka at WrestleMania, uh, uh, ending Asuka's uh, undefeated streak. Why did she need to beat Asuka? She didn't. But guess what? It's Charlotte. So we're going to have her, her beat Asuka. There was no benefit to Charlotte ending the streak at WrestleMania. And Asuka was just called up. Asuka was barely on the main roster for a cup of coffee. And they ended her streak. Why? 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 They push the same exact people. And it's not even like. It's not even like they push the best people, undoubtedly. Because Baron Corbin is always going to be on TV. Not only the the most interesting Baron Corbin has been on main roster was when he was broke. That was the most entertaining he was. And then, just like that, they decided to throw all that away, throw all the progress they were making with the interesting story, and they made him rich again. So all the interesting stuff that they were doing with Baron Corbin that made people want to see him they threw that away and now people don't care about you Baron Corbin it's just baffling man it just it just it's just I I couldn't I don't know it's just all I can say is if I was in charge if I was in charge of the WWE at least of the creative process if Vince called me up today the moment I turned this 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 recording off if Vince called me up and he was like Terrence I'm giving you full control I want you to fly out to, to wherever Smackdown is going to be today I want you to fly out here and and, and I want you to come up with uh, the episode. If he if if I was in control of creative for Raw for SmackDown, I guarantee you within two three weeks, 
it would be a a completely different show. But that's because I understand that you have to, you have to, you have to build people. You have to do things that make sense. You can't always rely on old people. Because when these old people are gone and you got all these new people that don't nobody know and don't nobody care about, what you going to do then? You wonder why people didn't, was tuning out of Raw all the time. You wonder why you have record low ratings and viewership all the time. It's because you're not giving people anything to want to watch. When I was younger, you had to watch the TV show. Otherwise, you missed whatever it was that happened. You just had to hear from word of mouth. If I went to sleep at 9, I have to hope the next day at school, my friends stayed up to see the rest of the show and they could fill me in on what they saw. There was no social media to just see whatever it is whenever you want to. There was no Twitter that you can just check it whenever you want to. We didn't have things back then that were... Uh, uh, better options for us for that night if it was wrestling we wanted to see wrestling I can't tell you how many times I've missed Raw on purpose I can't tell you how many times I've, I've missed Smackdown on purpose now when I was younger I didn't want to miss nothing I didn't care what it was. I I could not afford, as a fan in my heart when I was younger, I could not afford to miss an episode of Raw or SmackDown. But now, I'll I'll go two weeks in a row without watching Raw. I might I might turn the channel every now and then to see what's happening at that moment. But I don't stick around. Because I know nine times out of ten, when I turn over there, it's not something that I want to watch. That's not me saying I don't know what's going on. I don't know the stories, nothing like that. But I have nothing invested in the product like that anymore. And it's because I'm fully aware of the flaws in the creative process. And the flaws in the creative process is... If it doesn't fit the bottom dollar, then what's the point? But these people just don't understand that. If you build the roster. You can make even more money. They did a billion dollars. With no roster, basically. no roster they have the crumbs of a roster and they gross over a billion dollars imagine if they had hit row imagine if they had Keith Lee imagine if they had the Iconics imagine if they had all of these talented people and they used them the right way they used them the way they were meant to be used. They didn't change everything about them to make them less entertaining. 
to fit your narrative, to fit your your template for a superstar. Imagine if you let things happen the way that they're supposed to happen. Imagine if you had the Intercontinental Championship and it was on the same level as the Universal Championship. Back in the day, Intercontinental Champion, U.S. Champion, they were basically 1A, 1B to the to the main Raw, to the main event champion, whether it be the, the WWE Champion or it'd be the World Heavyweight Champion. If Eddie Guerrero was U.S. Champion, best believe Eddie Guerrero was the same exact level as whoever was WWE Champion. Best believe. Best believe. If Randy Orton was Intercontinental Champion, best believe whoever was World Heavyweight Champion, same exact level. If not same exact level, Randy can can reach out and touch him. He can reach up and touch him. It's not the same way anymore. These are just titles now. These are just stickers on their shoulders now. Let me stop before I let me stop. Let me stop. I've already gone too long. I've gone way longer than I want to go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you if you liked anything you heard, if you if you didn't like anything that you heard, feel free to let me know. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at just Terrence underscore. That's J U S T T E R R E N C E underscore. You can follow Don't Talk Just Listen on on Twitter at D T J L P O D underscore. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Make sure to tell your mama to save me that big piece of chicken, please. Thank you. I'm out.